It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Tim Murray and Jeff Parles. It's hour two. And Jeff, did you know we've got college football this weekend? Yes, we do. I mean, very important games. Got too. the semifinals, the FCS semifinals. I'll be honest. I thought I would be much more invested in the FCS season this year. But I think timing for them to have this tournament is perfection where you had the games on Sunday after the draft, four games on Sunday. And now, if you're craving football, you got the four best teams. Now, North Dakota State is no longer in it, but we've got Delaware, go Blue Hens, against South Dakota State, and then James Madison, who has been a monster these past couple of years, taking on Sam Houston State, Bearcats with a K. And we'll talk about these games more in depth with Brad Powers here in about three minutes, so we will chat with that. But while we wait for Mr. Powers to join us, and also he's been doing extensive homework, Brad. You're not Brad. I know it's Brad. Not. Brad's joining us here shortly. Brad's joining That's us Jeff. In a second. Yes, Jeff. <laughs> uh, uh, he's been doing extensive homework all spring on just taking a look at teams. And one thing he's pointed out, and I'll have him explain it, is you're going to see a record number of veteran offensive lines. And that is something to, to keep an eye on when it's win totals and all of that. So uh, we'll, we'll dive into a lot of things with Brad Powers coming up in just a little bit. The Warriors are up 17. Let's go. See, you're good. You're, you're good. There you go. A nice, a nice a 9-0 run when it got back down to 8. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, when you're taking on the tanking thunder, you knew it was going to happen here. So laid the, laid the 8 in the first half. They are up 59-42. to 42. It wasn't feeling great there. And now... As you mentioned, a 9-0 run, so that's making me feel good. How about the Clippers? Yes. They, Jeff, are pummeling their, how would you define them? Their co-occupant of the Staples Center up 52-32 to right now in the second quarter. Yeah, so again, I I said I didn't want anything to do with this because I didn't know what the Clippers were going to do. It was either going to be a complete no-show and the Lakers were going to be able to really stay in this game, or it was going to be this, where the Clippers are making a statement tonight, and they are up by 18 now, and I want, it's been I want, very impressive. Uh, and I want yeah. people, I, I like I like, I like people, I like raising people's egos <laughs> when I can do that, when it's when it's worthy, because then it's, you know, it's great to crush it when it's high. Yes. But I would like you to read the stat line of Andre Drummond. Yes, nine minutes to play for Andre Drummond. No shot attempts, no free throw attempts. So hard to score when you don't attempt a shot or a free throw. And so, what did you tell the people to do with 11 and a half and I, nine and a half? I said bet under on Drummond props because I thought if Drummond was ineffective, we'd see Marcus Uh We are seeing Marcus for the first time in the game in the second quarter. But as of right now, Andre Drummond, no points, two rebounds. So, so far, so good Yeah, with I, that. So, I, look, of course, I didn't bet it, but... Uh, Hopefully someone listened to me on that. Yeah, I know. With a lot of these <laughs> prop bets here in Las Vegas, unfortunately, uh, we, we don't, don't have, we don't have access to yeah. these these prop offerings on a regular season game like this. And uh, so hopefully people across the country that have the capabilities of betting at DraftKings uh, take advantage of, of those. But, uh, yeah, you look at Andre Drummond, no points, two rebounds. So you're feeling pretty good about that. And uh, unders on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard points-wise, it's been very spread out. Boogie Cousins is actually the leading scorer right now. 
for the Clippers. He has 11 off the bench. Yeah, this has been a few good games in a row for Cousins now. He actually, again, he's never going to be the player he was just right. when you have those significant injuries like he has over the last three years. You're just not going to be the same guy, but he has been really good over the last two weeks, and that is a piece that if the Clippers are going to make a run that they're going to need. There's only one baseball game going yep. on right now. It is the Angels and the Rays, and a guy who struck out seven batters a couple nights ago. Uh, apparently, he can hit well, too. Otani is 10th of the year. That's the big blow. It's 3 to nothing. Uh, great outing so far for Andrew Haney. Five innings, four hits, one walk, ten strikeouts, no runs. Great outing for the... Uh, for the young left-hander. And the uh, the Angels went off minus $1.54 here at Circa. It's the nightcap on VEASAN. Brad Powers coming up right now. Hour two of the nightcap here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. We are live from the Circa Sportsbook and... The Golden State Warriors are up 13 right now with a minute to go in the second half. That makes a host happy. If we can uh, if we can go 3-0 and today on some NBA, man, that's just going to be a dangerous, slippery slope. Because that's then I'm a gonna, dangerous day tomorrow. And then I'm going to start betting more NBA, <laughs> and I was betting NBA yesterday. It's going it's, it's to end up horribly, horribly wrong. And hopefully, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reinvest that money in maybe some FCS football this weekend to bring in our next guest to talk about the FCS semifinals, and there is no North Dakota State as they were bounced last week by Sam Houston State. Brad Powers, who has been uh, spending lots of time staring at these numbers. Brad, overall, how difficult or successful has this year been uh, betting the FCS? Uh, difficult. Much more than what I anticipated. Easy to get, you know, what I perceive to be good numbers, but uh, not the, you know, the the end result hasn't been there for me. Uh, it was a disaster early. Been a little bit better as of late, but uh, let's just call it a learning experience, to say the least. <laughs> well, this is going to be the only time that we're going to have this much focus on the FCS. Uh, having the spring season like they do. And the first uh, semifinal on Saturday is Delaware visiting South Dakota State. South Dakota State is your number one seed. The Jackrabbits lay in a pretty hefty number. Uh, eight and a half here at Circa, nine at South Point. Uh, there is an eight out there and a very low total uh, of just 37 and a half Brad, in this one. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? I do have a, a friend... Uh, who has a Delaware future at 12 to 1. So he's uh, certainly pulling for the Blue Hens come Saturday. Yeah, and I think you were starting to get at it where I'm at in this game. Uh, you just look at the, you know, if you're looking at some correlation, uh, I mean, I think if you're going to take the favorite, I think you correlate that to the over. And I think it's more dog and under. Me personally, it's very tough for me to lay near double digits when he got such a low total. Mm -hmm. I did bet the over, though, in this game because when you have a total in the 30s in college football, and I don't care how good both of these defenses are, both of them are at the top end in the entire FCS, and I do expect a slugfest, but you almost need everything to play out perfectly for you to cash in under. As long as weather's not a factor, this is too low for me. I mean, if you look at the both teams' scoring averages for the, the the spring season, 
Uh, I mean, both are in the low 40s. So to me, 37 and a half is too low, over for me in this game. Brad, uh, looking at the second game, uh, it is, uh, again, one of the powerhouses of FCS. James Madison going on the road to take on Sam Houston State, who took out the Bison of North Dakota State last weekend. Right now, Brad, looking at uh, James Madison, either one, one and a half. There's some pick out there as well on this game, and a, a total of 47 for the second semifinal. Where are you looking at in that one? I'm leaning towards James Madison. Uh, I have South Dakota State as my best team, but real close there, James Madison is at number two position there. Sam Houston State got over the hump finally. North Dakota State had been a thorn in their side in the playoffs, just like they had for <laughs> against everyone for <laughs> the better part of a decade. But to me, James Madison has a little bit better quarterback play than what North, uh, Sam Houston State saw out of North Dakota State last week. Defense is just as good, if not better, than, than what North Dakota State has, and I'm talking about James Madison's defense, I think is the best at the FCS level. To me, after an emotional win, I'm going to take JMU here at minus the one. We're talking to Brad Powers. You can follow him on Twitter, at BradPowers7. So uh, his thoughts right now, uh, leaning dog, but more so the over in Delaware and South Dakota State and uh, looking towards the uh, road favorite in James Madison. Uh, we saw, we seen a, a flip of favorites, right? Did, did Sam Houston State open very slight favorite, right, Brad? They did. About a two-and-a-half-point favorite was the open. Uh, it flipped soon to, to James Madison, so, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of money mm-hmm. to move these lines. And let me also say this. I, the lines have been soft all spring, I mean, I've been able to get in front of sometimes even touchdown plus line moves, whether it be side or total. These right here, as far as the semifinals, are much sharper. Don't expect too much unless there's an injury or, again, weather playing a factor on the totals. I don't expect much movement from this point forward. And these are some of the sharpest lines I've seen so far this FCS spring. And just, uh, you know, as as we always say, uh, if you want to go – you know, money line on on James Madison. Um, it's you know minus one fifteen at Westgate and, and South Point uh, here at Circa. They just opened. It's a pick, so you can get minus one ten uh, on Circa there. So uh, if you like James Madison uh, in that spot, Brad. Uh, just just going through these four schools that are left. Uh, uh, South Dakota State obviously went through the gauntlet that is the uh, the Valley this year, uh, getting that number one overall seed, but. Who would you give the best shot of these three behind them to knock off the Jackrabbits, uh, either if it's the Blue Hens this weekend or the winner of that uh, Dukes and uh, Bearcats game on Saturday? Yeah, to me, it'd be James Madison. They're just the second-best team as far as my power ranks. And not just left. I mean, the top two teams, as far as my power ranks for the last several weeks, are still left here. South Dakota State being number one, especially after they humiliated North Dakota State a few weeks back and you know inside the Fargo Dome. JMU's two, uh, Delaware, Sam Houston State would be three, Delaware would be four. Uh, the, the one hang-up I'd have on Delaware is, yeah, they, they, they pulled an outright upset last week, but they were facing a third and four-string quarterback from, from Jacksonville State. So I think it was a little bit of a phony win there. And, and Sam Houston State, while they're better built at the line of scrimmage than what they've ever been, uh, or at least in the last 10 years, I, I just think after a very physical and emotional game, Last week, I, it's it's tough for them to turn it back and get get up at that level as far as emotionally. 
for second week. So I, I, I'll just be quite frank. I'll be quite surprised if it's not South Dakota State and James Madison for the championship. We're chatting, chatting with Brad Powers. All right, let's get to the big boys. Uh, no offense. We talked. Uh, we gave them their due. Uh, we gave you about seven minutes of FCS breakdown from one of the best to talk it. Uh, but you on Twitter have been you know, looking and breaking down uh, you know, these spring games and who's coming back. And I just I want to hit on something that you've been uh, pointing out, and I think it's fascinating, and I want to make sure that our viewers and listeners don't overreact when they see, oh, uh, so-and-so has, has all their offensive linemen coming back. Uh, they're going to be great. You have pointed out and, 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 uh, that this is going to be a historic year of returning players all across FBS. It is. So be very careful. Uh, if you see a team returning 16 or 17 starters, yeah, in a typical season, that would be way above average. And maybe you upgrade that team due to that experience coming back. I'm here to tell you this year that that's average. Everybody's bringing back 16, 17 guys. A lot of teams are bringing back 18, 19, 20 starters. In fact, you know, first time I've seen teams bring back all 22 starters and doing some of the, the, the early prep work. So be very careful when you see teams that are loaded up. Just know full well that everybody's loaded up. So that uh, that doesn't mean that you should be really buying that team. You should be buying a lot of teams in theory. But particularly what, where I'm seeing a bunch of the experience is the offensive line. Uh, I mean, typically, uh, I would say maybe a half dozen to eight teams usually bring back all five starters. That's it. Out of 130, it's like six to ten teams. Mm-hmm. This year, I got 46 teams bringing back all five starters on the offensive line. Wow. That's that's wild. Wow. That's absolutely wild. But, uh, Brad, just, just looking through this, obviously Bama uh, and Clemson, the, the overall favorites yet again. I know a shocking development there. But as we look down the board here, Brad, is there anyone that's realistically down the board like LSU was two years ago that could really be in the mix this year? No. I mean, if you're asking me anybody that's greater than, you know, 20 to 1 or greater, uh, no, I don't see it this year. I mean, if you want a long shot, about as good of a long shot as I give you is maybe Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, shop around. I've seen <laughs> yeah. maybe 10 to 1 yeah. for, for the Sooners. But I, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm being serious and kind of, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod, and maybe a little bit of a joke, but I think you're wasting money if you are betting any future outside these five teams. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Those are the givens year in and year out. If you're looking for a long shot, and these aren't long shots, we're talking like 8-1, to one, Oklahoma and Georgia, the only other two teams outside the, the, the typical top three that I see having a chance of winning the national championship this year. If you're betting anybody outside those top five, you know, I'll book your action. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> and it's it's hard to disagree. You know, we always love all the value play, but when it comes to college football, you know, year in and year out, and that's why Brad, when I got to town last September and Alabama was showing five to one, I said I got to play it. And and look, it ended up being yep. uh, uh, you know, you know, very easy how it ended up unfolding. And now I don't think they'll make that mistake again. You know, you're looking at Westgate at plus one eighty on Alabama. If you were watching the draft over the weekend and, and you watched what we saw from this juggernaut that is Alabama, you, you saw Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, Leatherwood, uh, Dickerson. I mean, it's so many players flying off the board from Alabama. Hell, even their long snapper gets drafted. Um, 
but they just reload. What what are we expecting or what should we expect from this Alabama team this season? Well, I got him number one. Uh, no surprise there. And when you say reload, they've done that again. And to put it in perspective, Alabama brings in the best recruiting class maybe in the history of college football. I mean, seven <laughs> five stars. Oh, seven five stars. I mean, I've never seen any class have that many in one in just one class. I mean, a majority of college football, I mean, 98% of college football don't even have seven five stars on their entire team. So uh, the talent level has not dropped. Uh, they're not going to be as dominant as what they were this past season. So if you're asking me, uh, do other teams have a chance? Yeah, certainly. I, I think those top five teams, I think can be an extremely competitive semifinal and championship game, unlike what we saw you know, this past season and several semifinals here in the playoff era. Alabama still, though, for me, clear-cut number one. The, the, I would lay more than a field goal with them on a neutral uh, against the, you know, the number two team, which right now for me is Clemson. Brad, uh, the, we'll, we'll take a break from the futures here. I'm just going to ask you in general here, as you're going through, again, still months from the season, going through your your ratings for these teams, is there a team that you think is going to be a bet-on team for individual games this year This year that you're going to have valued a lot differently than the books will? I'll give you a team because I know a lot of people want you know to bet that long shot future. I'll give you one where the team could possibly win 11 or 12 games and be there. They're going to get beat in their conference championship game. Uh, North Carolina, I think their mm-hmm. toughest games in South Bend. Uh, but, but when you have, in my opinion, the best, returning quarterback with experience in college football and Sam Howell, uh, and you got an upgrade at talent level, I mean, they really impressed me in the bowl game. I mean, they're missing the, the Tar Heels without four or five of their best players outside of Sam Howell, and they competed and probably should have beaten Texas A&M. I, I laid the points against North Carolina and felt very fortunate. That's a team that could be 11-1, and 12-0 in the regular season. Clemson will hammer them in the ACC championship game, but they'll be there. If you're looking at individual games, some teams that – you know, are way off the radar that could surprise and maybe make you some money on an individual game basis. Minnesota is a team that, you know, two years ago had a really good season, historically good for them. Last year, COVID really ravaged their team. Many games they were missing 20 or 25 players, the Gophers. I think even in week one, if you get a hefty number against the, that vaunted Ohio State team, uh, Minnesota to me is a team you can make money with. 20 returning starters. And how about this? I mean, 161 returning career starts on that offensive line. They got a good team. And they might not be as good as what they were two years ago, but they're, they're, they're certainly uh, in the mix there uh, as far as in the Big Ten West. You can follow Brad on Twitter at BradPowers7. And uh, Brad, you and I uh, follow a team from South Bend very closely. Uh, this is going to be, I wouldn't say rebuild situation, but they lost a lot of talent and they don't reload to the levels of Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama. Um, what do your power ratings have for the Irish? Jack Cohn will be their starter, the transfer from Wisconsin. You look at their schedule, it's got a couple landmines on there, but I, I think at the end of the day, they're probably a favorite in maybe all 12 or at least 11 of 12 because they have USC and North Carolina at home, neutral against Wisconsin. What are you anticipating from the Irish? we got about 90 seconds. Yeah, I mean, look, nine returning starters, that's it. Yep. I mean, even in a normal season, that's not very many. That would put you in the bottom five to ten in the country. Now, when you consider everybody returns, you know, 16 or more for the most part, 
uh, one of the least experienced teams in the country. Recruiting has been okay, but, but it's certainly not at the level of Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. Uh, they're not going to be as good as what they've been the last three years, Notre Dame. But uh, there is no Clemson on the schedule. Uh, there's no Georgia on the schedule. You're right. The Irish will be at favored in a minimum of 10 at most, and maybe even all 12 games. But that streak of you know 30-plus games winning consecutively as a favorite will probably come to an end. Notre Dame, to me, probably drops back to a 9-3 and caliber team this year. They, they could be in the mix, but you know, wide receiver position's got to get a heck of a lot better. Jack Cohen's got to be the, 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 the answer, at, obviously, at quarterback. And the number one question that's got to be answered is that offensive yep. line. Uh, has got to play well above their experience level. Yeah. Only one returning uh, starter on the offensive line. He's coming off surgery. Uh, that's Jared Patterson. And they don't know if he's going to probably play left tackle, but he was playing center in the past couple of years. So it'll be a fascinating season. October 2nd uh, will be interesting against Cincinnati. Hey, Brad, always appreciate it, man. And uh, we'll certainly be calling on you as we inch closer and closer to college football season. Appreciate you guys having me on. Take care. There he is, Brad Powers, at Brad Powers 7 on Twitter. Anthony Davis in the locker room will tell you what happened to number three for the Lakers right after this. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, and I'm not going to lie, talking college football gets me pretty fired up. And the thoughts of of fall Fridays here on this show are going to be tremendous. Breaking down all the games for the NFL, for college football. This is going to be such a fun spot to be uh, all throughout the the NFL and, and college football season. Gonna be a blast. Yeah, I would. I would. Uh, I would agree with you. Late night Friday night games, a little Mountain West. We're gonna have normalcy again. You know, games starting. You know, the season starting on time. More. You know what I missed last year, Jeff, and we got a couple weeks in November, but the late night games that I had so desperately wanted, moving out west, we didn't really get them. I was like, everything was wrapped up by like eight o'clock. But now this year, when things are normal, we'll get Pac-12 after dark. We'll get those late night Mountain West games. We got a couple Mountain West games uh, that were, you know, ten thirty Eastern, seven thirty Pacific starts. So uh, just talking to Brad ever so slightly about college football got me uh, pretty pretty fired up. But um, don't bet Georgia, Tim. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I'm just I'm just warning you now. Don't putting, do it. Yeah, putting my faith in Kirby Smart to win. Two games in the college football playoff may not be the the wisest of moves, but I'm not putting money on Oklahoma. I know there's a lot of people. It's so funny to me because look, I I am a Notre Dame fan and I wear it on my sleeve. And they've gotten their butts whipped in the two times they went to the playoff. So is Oklahoma the last two times. Now they had that thriller at the Rose Bowl against Georgia, went to overtime with Baker Mayfield there with Oklahoma, but. It's not like Oklahoma's been putting on these these tremendous shows. Uh, they've been getting smoked, too. Uh, so it's funny to see the love. I get it. I understand why there's love for this Oklahoma team with everything they're bringing back. And Spencer, Spencer Rattler may, may ultimately be the number one overall pick in 2022. Uh, he's got a lot, lot to go, in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't touch Oklahoma. Georgia, just talent-wise, the way they recruit, Maybe, but yeah, 
nothing. I'm not racing to 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 grab any futures like I did with college basketball. I mean, I was I was looking around town to find a 25 to one Villanova, and I found it. So um, it, it, again, it's when when it's we're so top heavy at this point. Like it, it, to me, it's just going to take a ton to beat Alabama. Again, like uh, Brad said, the greatest recruiting class in the history of recruiting class is basically coming. Basically, who gets seven five stars in one class? I yeah. mean, that's just that's just unfair. But look, it's a uh, again, it's good to talk it, and uh, I will tell you, I'm I'm pretty amped for that Delaware South Dakota State game yeah. on Saturday, which will be bright and early for us since it's a nine a.m. Pacific start. I just bet James Madison. I took uh, I, like I took it. JMU at a pick against Sam Houston State on the road, but. They've been there before, so uh, I'll be uh, I'll have a rooting interest. Go Dukes! Uh, so I will uh, I will take the Dukes once again. Brad, uh, his suggestions: he took Delaware, South Dakota State over. It's thirty-seven and a half right now, and he likes James Madison uh, uh, at a pick, and even at you know it's minus one. So I mean, games aren't going to land one all that often. All right, we teased it. We got to tell you about it. Anthony Davis left the game, Jeff. What do we got? Ankle injury? Yeah, that's that's what, what I'm seeing right now. Uh, a little bit of a limp for AD. By the way, he's not coming he, back. He, there's no reason for him to They're come back. They're down 23 right it's now. It's not going well for the Lakers. And the Clippers trying to make a point tonight. 65-42 at the break. By the way, live total 220, or excuse me, 211 and a half. It closed 212, so basically right on the number. Clippers right now 22 and a half or 22, depending on where you're betting it. Uh, point favorites is up by 23, as they are at halftime. Uh, drum and watch, by the way, three <laughs> rebounds, no points. So I feel pretty good about myself there. But look, this is now, you're in the nightmare scenario if you're the Lakers now. Because yep. you're going into, even though tonight was an important game, this was one where, all right, if you lose to the Clippers, okay, fine. They're way ahead of you. But tomorrow, they are in Portland tomorrow night. And... If the Lakers lose that game tomorrow, they will be in the seventh seed going into the weekend. And as we've said plenty of times, you do not want to be in the seventh seed because then you're stuck in that playing tournament, and your reward for hosting that playing game, as of right now, would be Steph Curry, and that doesn't sound fun at all. Yeah, and the Warriors, uh, looking ahead, they and Memphis would be tied record-wise as long as this result holds as they lead by 10. Golden State would go ahead of them, actually, wouldn't they? Well, they're 1-1 and against each other, and the final game of the regular season is in Golden State between those two teams. Good job by by the league scheduling that right. Yeah, Good job. And uh, we we joked about it yesterday with Adam Silver kind of rubbing his hands together. It was (laughs) Lakers-Warriors, LeBron, Steph Curry, in the play-in game? Not bad. Not too bad for the, uh, I would say, real first play-in. I know last year, man, nothing, nothing. Last year was just kind of all over the map. Hey, let's talk some rookies. How are they going to perform this year? Yeah, we'll talk that next right here. The Nightcap on VC. Lakers and Clippers right now. Uh, Lakers getting smashed by the Clippers. It is 67-46. And Anthony Davis is not back out there. Did you just see what Drummond just did? <laughs> he just caught a shot. I, I mean, I, I, I hope for the for the Lakers' sake that was a shot clock violation, but that was, oh my goodness. Anthony Davis, uh, on a three-point attempt, rolled his ankle and uh, not didn't roll it on a foot, just rolled it kind of backpedal. I, I just I feel like this Lakers season has been cursed, man. So many injuries... Dennis Schroeder goes, you know, goes out with COVID here. Uh, it has been such a, a a challenging year 
uh, for the Lakers. Look, no one's crying for the Lakers, but no. um, and so this is. Uh, I, I just, I still have, and I know we talked about it yesterday, and we'll continue to talk about it, and we'll talk more about the NBA coming up top of the hour when JVT joins us. But you just look at this team, and if they're healthy, yes, they are a very challenging out. But are they going to be healthy? LeBron with a high ankle sprain. Um, AD, now we don't know with this ankle sprain and how serious this was. It was just your classic roll of an ankle. So uh, we'll see. But they're getting smashed tonight by the Clippers. And they were down by 23 at the half. First time in two seasons and over two seasons that the Lakers have trailed by more than 20 at the half. Golden State up 75-66 to 66 right now. And uh, I'm feeling good. I, I didn't want to play the full game at 14. I was able to play the first half, and we got that home. And for Steph Curry, 25 points, four threes. His over-under on threes tonight was 6.5 points, 35.5. Now, Ooh. Draymond Green on his points and uh, uh, his rebounds and assists are getting very close. Assists was 9.5, even money to the over. He just picked up his eighth assist. He's got seven rebounds, and that was minus 103 to the over. Only four points so far for Draymond Green. 12-point lead for Golden State as they look to uh, jump over the Memphis Grizzlies. uh, Yeah, I believe even up with the Memphis Grizzlies to get into eight spot. I think it's to even up with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies lose tonight to the Detroit Pistons, 111-97. to Um. We spent a lot of time earlier this week when Dan Helley was in studio, Jeff, talking about the rookies, defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. We looked at a couple early props, but when we looked at, uh, I believe it was points bet earlier this week on over-unders for receiving yards, they did not include Jamar Chase. BetMGM now has Jamar Chase at 1,099 and a half yards. Oh boy. And seven and a half touchdowns. So once oh, again, man. remember, keep in mind it's a Extra seven game. seventeen game season. I love the touchdown props, and I'll get to one here in just a moment. Jamar Chase at roughly what is eleven hundred yards. So if you average that out, that's averaging sixty five yards per game. Last year Tyler Boyd, before Joe Burrow got hurt in the Washington game, through nine games, averaged 67 yards per game. So slightly over. Then you look at the rookies last year, Jeff. Justin Jefferson finished with 1,400 yards. That's it, though. He was the only 1,000-yard receiver. C.D. Lamb finished with 935. That is a lot of yards to expect from a rookie, but... A guy that has familiarity with Joe Burrow. Would you play over or under on Jamar Chase here? Quick, uh, quick uh, Anthony Davis note, by the way, because yeah. the Lakers came out real quick. Uh, back spasms is the official. What is the official diagnosis on AD? He is not returning tonight. So back spasms, Tim. Yes, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It looked like an ankle to me, but again, I'm not a doctor. Okay. So maybe, maybe the so. maybe the pain in the ankle went right up to the back and yeah. led to back spot. I don't know. So there you go. Uh, okay. So it just—I know it's an extra game, but it's just so tough to ask a rookie wide receiver to go for 1,100 yards, Tim. That's just a, a brutal ask. And 
again, we're not 100% sure what Joe Burrow is going to be. If he's going to be fully ready for week one, where I whatever backup quarterback that Cincinnati decides to throw out there, we saw how big of a disaster it was after he got hurt last year. Uh, I would imagine it won't be any prettier than what we saw at the end of last year anyway. So that's just a huge number to ask of Chase. And the other thing is, too, that wide receiver core is better than it gets credit for. Tyler Boyd's really good. Yeah. So he's competing with guys for for catches. If you're going to look at those rookie, those other rookie numbers that we uh, have have on that screen there, Tim. Uh, so Kyle Pitts at eight four eight seventy four and a half. And uh, just a quick, uh, yeah. just a quick note here. We yeah. talked about this earlier, and Aaron, give me a thumbs up if if I'm right with this. Points bet had Kyle Pitts at seven forty nine. And BetMGM has him at 874. So, again, this is so that you bring up a good point because this was something I noticed last year, too. And, again, one of the guys last year who had, who had a huge middle like that was Cortland Sutton. And, of course, it ended up being irrelevant because he got hurt in mm-hmm. two. But there are opportunities to have about 90. Again, that's a bigger than usual one, but there are multiple 89, 99 and a half yard middles that you can get between. Book. So if you want to middle these, I'm not going to stop you on that. The only number that stands out to me on this is Devontae Smith at 749 and a half. I would bet that over. Uh, it'd be just because Philadelphia's lack of other weapons is going, they're going to ask Smith to do more. And if they play him out of the slot, especially with Hurts, who was not particularly accurate a year ago, he's someone who you get him underneath can house a bunch that shouldn't necessarily be housed by a regular player. That's my worry, though, is is the accuracy from Jalen Hurts. Right. But as we broke down earlier this week, 750 receiving yards is equal to 44 yards per game. Be able to Seven, uh, six receivers last year averaged over, six rookie receivers averaged over 44 yards yeah. per game. Devontae Smith instantaneously is the best receiver on the Philadelphia 100%. Eagles. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. More to come. Stick around. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. We'll talk to JVT coming up top of the hour. That's Jeff Parles. Tim Murray with you live from the Circus Sportsbook. We'll also have to get to Albert Pujols. Yeah. One of the greats of all time released today by the Los Angeles Angels. And uh, where will he end up? Uh, we'll, we'll get into our thoughts on that a little bit later. We're going to get into baseball talk here uh, in just a moment. But I want to revisit real quickly what we were just talking about last segment, which was rookie receiving props. And the, the Jamar Chase number is really high. So I, I would be one to stay away from a number like that because when we were talking about earlier this week when uh, it was points bet, Kyle Pitts was 749, Devontae Smith was 749, I think Jalen Waddle was 724 as well. Looking at Jalen Waddle, now they have Devontae Parker, Gasicki is stepping up, uh, they've got the depth at tight end, but Jalen Waddle is explosive, right, Jeff? If you assume health, and this is a guy who broke his ankle last year against Alabama, but that was kind of a freak injury on a on a kickoff return. 725 yards is 42 yards per game. For a guy with the explosivity of someone like Jalen Waddle, it's intriguing to me to look at the over for Jalen Waddle. Once again, you look at last year, Justin Jefferson, 1,400 yards receiving. C.D. Lamb, 935 yards receiving. Uh, T. Higgins, 908. Chase Claypool, 873. Jerry Judy, 856. Brandon Ayuk in 12 games 
had over 725 receiving yards. He had 748. And if you just look at average going over 42.6 yards per game, you can also include LaVishka Chenault. He averaged 42.9 yards per game. So it's really not that inconceivable to look at someone like Jalen Waddell, the sixth overall pick, who's got a connection already with Tua, to go in there and average over what would be 42.6 yards per game to get to 725 yards. So I I would look over on on everyone except Jamar Chase. The Kyle Pitts change, we're looking at BetMGM comparing it earlier this week. It was was points bet, which was around 749. 874 is is a bit rich uh, for me on Kyle Pitts. My only concern when Waddle... Is that that is, and this is the same concern for Tony, but Tony's number is just so low that two big games, right. Tony's probably getting over that 524 and a half. Yep. The only concern with Waddle is that that is a very crowded wide receiving core now. It is true. And you have Devontae Parker, who was a legitimate number one at this mm-hmm. point. Will Fuller was added, which I think is a great acquisition there. Uh, you still have Preston Williams, who caught a few touchdowns a year ago as well. So, uh, and Gasicki, who's a really good tight end. So uh, that's the only concern on Waddle's end. But look, that's such a first. Again, the extra game really changes the handicap in a huge way here. When you just look at what he has to average per game, that's where yeah. that's where I think when you see these big numbers, you think, oh, that's a lot. But when you average it out, it, it's pretty doable. And then one final one, because I do want to hit a little baseball uh, here with you in the futures market, but. Uh, touchdowns for for Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. at seven and a half. This guy is a red zone nightmare for defenses. Last year at Florida, he had 43 receptions, 12 were touchdowns. Not bad. And if we believe that he is going to be, if Julio Jones is going to be traded, which I think there's a strong assumption that that could happen just because of the salary cap situation down there in Atlanta, I mean, that's going to be Matt Ryan's best friend. And I'll throw this one last at you. Their defense is horrendous. So they're going to have to try to outscore teams. I could absolutely see Kyle Pitts going north of seven and a half touchdowns. No issue with that. The other thing, though, with Julio is, remember here, Tim, Matt Ryan doesn't throw touchdowns to Julio Jones. <laughs> so that's another another factor. I know I say that in jest, but obviously two years ago was completely ridiculous that Julio barely, I think, won the entire season two years ago. So, uh, look, it, it, it's one of those where huge target, red zone. I'm already on record saying that the first snap Kyle Pitts plays in the NFL, he's the fourth best tight end right away in the entire league. Only Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller better than Kyle Pitts. So, I, I don't hate that at all on the seven and a half bed net over on the touchdown total. Uh, Lakers are continuing to get smashed. They, they made it closer though. They're covering the second half, Tim. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> they were the favorite in the second half because they were down twenty three uh, at halftime to the Clippers. Uh, baseball has just been so bizarre, and, yes, and you are one, uh, Jeff, to to fire away on a daily basis at baseball. And, to uh, my own detriment, my props to you on that <laughs> regard. Um, but. What division stands out to you right now where you think there might be some uh, you know, intriguing? Is there a division? Is there a pennant uh, race? Is there the World Series odds? What ju- is there anything that jumps out to you? Are, are we getting to the range where you feel comfortable firing on a Dodgers future or a Yankees future? Uh, 
do you, you know, the Padres have been playing pretty well, so their odds have shrunk a bit. Uh, what what have you taken away from about the first month of the baseball season to this point? I've taken away that a lot of bullpens are just absolutely horrible, Tim, which on a nightly basis is pretty actionable, at sure. least. And by the way, one of those gas can bullpens is at it again in, in Anaheim tonight. The Angel bullpen blew a 3 nothing lead, and Tampa's uh, threatening to take the lead in that eighth inning. So there are a bunch of teams that you can target at least. Go, I know I know it's on a futures market, Tim, but yeah. on a game-by-game basis, there are a bunch of teams that if they're ahead, and there was another great one today, it was the Tigers were ahead in the eighth inning against the Red Sox. And I bet the Red Sox plus 175 down a run in the eighth inning. What happens? The Tigers absolutely implode because they have a horrible bullpen and a horrible team. Red Sox win. So find your bad bullpens. And if they have leads late, take plus prices. Take plus money uh, uh, run lines on teams against those really horrible bullpens. The Angels are one of them, and I'll regret that one tonight and not taking the Rays at least plus uh, two and a half runs, which was readily available throughout this game. Futures-wise, Tim, it's really tough for me right now because everyone is so compact. Right, Everyone is... Everyone is average right now, uh, to be completely frank. And you look at you look at the a- the AL. I mean, Cleveland's leading the AL Central. The White Sox are a heavy favorite. That's probably right. The Yankees are have stabilized and are only two and a half behind Boston. You're laying a price on them to win the division. Still, probably right. Wouldn't bet anyone else there. The AL West is a mess. I don't think anyone's particularly good. So that's pretty difficult. The NL, though, I will say this on the NL. And I'm kind of mad I didn't hop in again. The Cardinals, when they were trailing the Brewers by two and a half games earlier in the year, went back north of $2 to win the NL mm. Central, which was a really good number. I had plus 180 going into the year. Um, I should have hopped in again because single Louis are legitimately good. The only issue with them is is if they have any sort of injuries, and right now they're plus 115 at DraftKings, right. the rightful favorite in that division, they haven't really been battered by injuries as badly as Milwaukee is. If the Cardinals get getting start getting battered by injuries, they have no depth at all, which is odd to say about a franchise that always seems to pluck guys out of midair and they're magically good. So, But the Cardinals right now, if we're just looking divisional odds or anything, them to win the NL Central, as long as you're getting a plus price at this point, Milwaukee's, Milwaukee's offense stinks and they're injured. So I, I would take a flyer on the Cardinals. Uh, again, not the greatest of prices right now, plus 115, but that would be where I go here right now, Tim. Boston Red Sox, to the surprise of many, are in are, Me included. are still in first place. Uh, if you just look at odds, the odds makers don't believe in the Red Sox because the Yankees are in that division. So at minus 125 at DraftKings for the Yankees and at plus $4 for the Red Sox, the value may be gone in the Red Sox, or is it? From what we've seen, you got a first-place team after a month of the season getting plus $4, but the Yankees were such an overwhelming favorite. They you know, take two out of three against Houston. John Carlos Stanton uh, is in you know, Miami form right I mean, now. I mean, he's so on fire. <laughs> so this is, is this going to be the cheapest price you're ever going to get on the Yankees to win this division? No, because... The one thing with Boston is their offense is really good. That was never really doubted going into this year, Tim. Their offense was really good last year, but they had historically bad pitching in the 60-game season. And so far, they're pitching. Uh, again, they struggled this week against the Tigers. It didn't matter because the Tigers' pitching is so bad, and the Red Sox offense was able to mash. So 
Uh, look, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Boston is up, and it wouldn't shock me if Boston gets up five games again on the Yankees at some point this season, or honestly, even Toronto getting five games up on New York, uh, that you get a scenario where you get a plus price on the Yankees. And I still think the Yankees win this division. But again, we're the 30 games, 32 games for most of these teams. Everyone is just so average right now that it's hard for me to really decipher much of anything. Yeah, and even the Dodgers who sit... Yeah. Minus 435 to win the division. They'll still win it. They'll still win it. They always do. Uh, Right now, you can get the Padres at plus 280. Uh, Last one before we wrap things up here. Well, JVT will join us, talk some NBA, uh, top of the hour. Mets and Braves, uh, right now the Phillies are actually a slight uh, leader in that Mm -hmm. NL East, and they're plus $4 to win that division right now. Mets at plus 125. The the Braves, who just completed a a three-game sweep, of my uh, of my Nats at plus 180. They were the favorites to win this division preseason. Braves have certainly had their bumps in the road. Is it just too early to to determine anything from this division? Anything jump out at you here? I I, I that would be my play here. It just it's too early. The yeah. Mets also have played six less games than everybody else. They've only played 26 games uh, just because of weather and the opening series with the Nats getting postponed, and they just haven't played a lot of games. It's the same case with Washington as well, who's only played 27. I I can't really decide for much. And the Phillies just took full advantage of a Milwaukee team that is completely battered right now this week. So that's why they're in first place. So I I can't determine much. Everyone is so mediocre. But at some point, Tim, someone is going on a stretch where they win 10 out of 12, and that's when you'll see that team, whoever it is, become a minus price, especially if it's the Mets or the Braves. Get you updated on Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, Thunder, JBT also. All coming up next hour right here on the Nightcap.